the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. September 20th, 2023. The year is almost over in my mind. At least the third quarter. So three quarters almost over. Um, it goes by fast. I should start by having maxed out your 401k yet. I get a little reminder that I need to check with my Paycom pay stub. Make sure your paycheck's correct. And what I'm checking, because I'm not a commission guy. Well, I guess I am a commission guy at times, but not really. Um, what I check is the accuracy of the number tied towards my 401k. And I want to check to make sure that I've paid my state taxes and my federal taxes out of my paycheck. I know it's not something you ever want to miss. And because I'm over 50, I have that catch up contribution. I want to make sure that I've maxed it right around now, because if I do it around Christmas, I don't have time to do it, to finish the catch up. Amazon's going to hire a ton of holiday workers. The e-commerce giant announced yesterday. It's going to add 250,000 warehouse delivery workers. They're not doing that because they expected them to stand around. It's interesting. This is a year where we've seen unions get big concessions and employees more money. What's that going to mean? I think it's going to mean a better Christmas than people are thinking. Just throw that down there for you. I know credit card debts are an inch and higher. Still a technical better place on households than we were pre-pandemic. But the trend's not good on a one-year level. So I think it's going to be a better Christmas than many think. The price of olive oil. This would make a good Christmas gift if you have it in your pantry. I know you're saying, do you remember the scene from the movie Scrooged where I guess the ghost of Christmas past is saying how his father would give him a carton of cigarettes. Bill Murray is like, do you know how expensive cigarettes are? (laughs) Giving a gift of olive oil, olive oil prices are up 130% year over year. That's pretty nutty. Consumer and cultural preferences for olive oil make it difficult to substitute, despite many other types of vegetable oils. Global olive oil prices have spiked to $8,900 a ton in September. Interesting. Elon Musk's Neuralink is recruiting patients for its first human trial. Now, again, who's going to be the first to go to Mars and die? Who's going to be the first to put a semiconductor in their head and maybe potentially walk again? 
It's a brain implant that aims to help people with severe paralysis control external technologies using only neural signals. This could be very good news for degenerative diseases like MLS, uh, ALS, <laughs> MLS. Oh, sorry. The initial goal is to grant people the ability to control a computer cursor or keyboard using their thoughts alone. Yeah, uh, something tells me Elon Musk is about to get richer. He did pretty well on Tesla. He did pretty well on SpaceX. Not so well on Twitter. But something tells me he's going to be doing okay on this one. Walmart's opening a pet center with veterinary care and grooming as it signals bigger ambitions. What's that all about? Well, they have this big old football-sized store. And at one point in time, they didn't have groceries. And they started to realize, like, hey, we get groceries. We can get a higher ticket when people come in to buy T-shirts and underwear. And now they're starting to realize, hey, if we put dog grooming in and those appointments run 30 to 45 minutes, and we tell our dog grooming people to talk really slow, then while people are shopping, they'll spend more money waiting for their pet to be done with his haircut. Consumers spent $136 billion on pets last year. That's a huge market. And also, when you bring Fido into the store, there's a good chance Fido will get uh, a bone. Knick-knack, patty-whack, give the dog a bone. So those are some of the headlines out there today. Oh, and we have the Fed meeting today. How silly of me to not slip that one in, huh? Yesterday, the NASDAQ, the SP 500, and the Dow were all lower. Nothing material. September is September. Next year, I may take a two-week vacation in September just to be like, eh, I don't want to do this. Stocks dipped. Investors are cautious. Fed interest rate meeting. The news is better on Instacart, which climbed 12% in its first day of trading. Woohoo! Woohoo! Boy, I'm getting tired of hearing about Instacart. They're all over financial media. Um... They don't have a lot of competition from Amazon and grocery delivery. Uh, it is worthy of note. DoorDash made some more relationships. Like they see, like we don't want Instacart to get all this by themselves. Uh, I was talking to someone the other day, and again, this is where I'm getting older. And we talked about he uses Instacart. It's like really, I used Instacart during the uh, COVID, and my credit card gives it to me for free. Um, but. I'm surprised to see other people using it because now we're not afraid to the grocery store, except for we're seeing spikes in COVID. I got my first shot. Uh, I got my booster lined up for not next week, but the following week. I'll tell you, I die for my booster. I'll try to die on air. I'm not expecting to die on air, although it is in my contract. Disney's $60 billion park expansion, you know, the Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel was a massive flop. Disney said they're going to spend $60 billion on increasing the sizes of their parks, doubling in the investment from the last decade. Now, at rides around the world that are doing really, really well. The U.S. not doing well with their theme parks this year. The general thought is prices have gone up too much. Americans are cutting back on their spending as of January of this year. Americans are spending in Europe 
it's kind of that revenge. Let's get off our continent, go to another continent. But that's starting to slow. Next year could be a good year for Disney if this starts to fall into place. If the spending uh, slide stops and interest rates come a little bit lower or expected to go lower and unions continue to win higher wages for people, Disney could do very, very well next year as a stock. Um, I would say more as a trade than necessarily an investment. I like Disney. I love the brand. I think the streaming wars are hurting them and they need to get rid of ABC. And they need to probably fire the person who's picking their movies at this point in time. They've had too many average superhero movies. And that Han Solo movie was pretty average as well. The last Pixar film that was good, couldn't even tell you. Maybe it was Toy Story 3. They've been declining in the quality of their work. 30. Plus, they've had that powerful enemy, Ron DeSantis. He should go away in a year. We'll see. I could be wrong on that one, but numbers aren't looking really good for him. Rider strike might get resolved. They're starting to get some movement going on there. So again, people making more money. That's the theme of the first segment. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Need a referral to Financial Planner? Drop me an email at rob at robblackshow.com. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. So I want to highlight one more time that little quick blurb that I did on Walmart. And what I'm getting at is something along the lines of when I take my dog 01101010110 to the vet, whether she needs her nails done or that's funny. I've got a dog with a binary name and I refer to her as a she. Hmm. I should say she, he, whether she, he needs her nails done, uh, their nails done. It's not easy for me. I'm sorry. Grew up the wrong era. I acknowledge the, the need for this, but I'm not good at it. But what I've noticed is while I'm waiting, I typically wait in the parking lot. I don't like waiting rooms. <laughs> I'll get on my phone and flip through some uh, news. Maybe I'll listen to a little CNBC or Bloomberg. Uh, but I don't drive home. So the idea of what Walmart's saying, like we're going we're to put it not in the store, but on the side of the store. It'll have its own dedicated entrance and it'll have its own employees. And service will include nail trimming, teeth cleaning, haircuts. Um, there'll be a vital package. There'll be reasons for you to come on a monthly basis. We've seen this before. First and foremost, companies like Lowe's have some pet centers already. And I don't go to Lowe's, so I didn't know that. Walmart expects to have a total of 48 health centers in Georgia, Arkansas, Illinois, Texas, and Florida. That's going to be only one person in their 4,500 locations. Um, but by, that's by the end of 2023, which is kind of this year. That's right now. I like the idea. Kohl's has done it. I know you're thinking, isn't Kohl's like that place where you buy 
massively discounted clothes and you're telling me they have pet items. Uh huh. Throwing that down there. Cause this is also a concept we've seen before. Ron's the Apple store. Famously did the Apple store. When he took over at JC Penney's, he wanted to do the store inside the store concept. And he wasn't really wrong on that. Um, I think he was probably more right than wrong on that. Because I got to the point where I wasn't really going to JCPenney's ever. But if I did, it would probably be for like a jacket or something, right? So the idea of putting an Apple store inside of JCPenney's. So when I go get my Apple phone fixed, I would stick around and shop or Levi store inside JC Penney's knowing that I like a certain brand fit and I kind of want to know where to go. The store within a store is not a, a totally new concept. And if you take a look at Best Buy, they're doing it. They've got speakers or I guess you could call it a, a kind of an audio department, but they also have a place where you can go talk to a Samsung employee or an Apple employee. They have a place where you can turn in your Apple phone if it's broken and they'll fix it for you. The store within a store. You see it all over if you go to Costco. Anyhow, I think I've talked a little bit too much about that. Let's talk about something a little different. Um, I have a big thing on regrets. Um, I try not to have too many of them. I think it's just too negative of a concept. To the point that I once wrote a short story about 12 runners and they're running through a city. And it was a supernatural story that if you turned around to see who was behind you, the devil or some sort of evil would come crush you. So it was a probably a short story, probably about 40 pages. It was pretty long. Not quite a novella, but not quite a short story. And the main character we ultimately learn that he's running for the fate of democracy. <laughs> and if you turn around, the devil catches you. Um, it's a story about looking back and regretting things in life. The winner of the race is, of course, going to be ultimately um, the guy who was in last place the whole race because he had never had to look around to see who was behind him. I think that's kind of important with investing too. And I grew up with a lot of Stephen King, a lot of Clive Barker. Clive Barker's a huge influence, um, which is weird because I think he was a great storyteller. I think Rick Edelman, big influence. I didn't always agree with like Rick Edelman and finances. Jim Rome, huge influence. He's a guy who does sports radio. You could like Howard Stern. I think uh, we jokingly refer to me at EP Wealth as the king of financial media uh, because I do a lot of it. Weird influences, right? You probably wouldn't have expected that. And of course, Warren Buffett. Now, Warren Buffett has a stock that I want to talk quickly about because I think it's kind of interesting. Um, 
that he collects a lot of money. His top holdings, Apple, Bank of America, American Express, Coca-Cola, Chevron, and Occidental Petroleum. Warren Buffett has achieved astounding returns throughout his career from 1964 through 2023. That's 60 years, right? His overall gain is uh, 3,787,464%, dwarfing the return of 24,708% during that same period of time. One of his stocks that I just mentioned is Coca-Cola. At some point in my life, I want to own Coca-Cola. When I've gone from the growth to the income phase, or maybe the growth and income phase to just the income phase, my goal has always been to have enough assets that I could live off the dividends and Social Security. One. I don't want to be selling stock. I want to give that away to charity. I want to give it away to my children. Um, but there's no shame in owning Coca-Cola. They've got great leadership. They've got a dividend of 44 cents per share. Um, it's buck 76 per share for the year. So every share that you own, you get 44 cents every quarter. Um, it's a nice way of getting a little bit of money. And something that you own while you're sleeping and someone pops a Coca-Cola. Swigs it down somewhere in the world. I like the management and I like the staying power. Now, if you were to put a gun to my head, I'd probably say, can I substitute Pepsi for Coca-Cola as an investment? It's a little bit younger. I like it, but same idea. You can find me online at robloxshow.com. What's the best way to choose a financial advisor? Download our guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. It is Fed Watch Day. Other things are going on, but in finance, it's Fed Watch Day. Like if you were talking politics, it'd be like, "Ooh, Attorney General Garland's gonna, you know, talk about Hunter Biden today in front of Congress." But this isn't a political show, and I try to keep politics out of it as best I can. Although politics do have an important role in investing, there's a much bigger difference of what to expect from taxes and uh, spending, depending on Republican or Democrat. Although I think he basically fairly count both of them are going to spend money. This next year is going to be exposure to a political year where the television, radio um, and cable companies all make big dollars off the most expensive campaign ever, which I basically say every two years for the last 25 years. Markets are slightly higher. Let's see if we have Patrick O'Hare on from briefing.com. Patrick, are you with us? Yes, I am. Good morning, Rob. Good, good, good. I didn't get the uh, insight from my producer that you were there. Uh, my bad. But um, Fed Day, how you feel about it? Well, uh, it's kind of like you're saying, you know, every two years, you know, you're talking about how it's the most expensive campaign and yep. in politics. And I feel like every Fed meeting, we say it's the most important Fed meeting you're going to hear. And you're kind of hearing a little uh-huh. bit of that chatter today because... 
you know, the, the markets are anxious for the Fed to hit an inflection point with its rate, uh, with its interest rate policy, meaning it's, you know, they're anxious to hear more talk of, of when the Fed's going to potentially pivot to a rate cut cycle versus a, a tightening cycle. Um, not sure they're going to get that indication today. Um, but a lot of interest, obviously, in the, uh, the summary of economic projections and the dot plot. Uh, the foregone conclusion, really, given uh, what we're seeing in the Fed funds futures market, that there's not going to be any change in the target range for the Fed funds rate today. Um, but uh, what Fed Chair Powell says and what the summary of economic projections suggest will influence uh, expectations for the November meeting as well as meetings beyond that. It's an interesting time for the Federal Reserve because we're seeing higher oil and gas prices. That's inflationary. We're seeing unions get more wages for their employees. That's inflationary and leads to more spending. We're seeing unemployment kind of sticky. It's uh, it's not really moving too far to, uh, to the right in this case of the numbers. Um, people are well employed. Uh, how do you think the Fed's doing? Because it's pretty dynamic. The labor costs, they can't really control much of, and the energy costs, they can't really control much of. They, they control interest rates, which cuts down on mortgages, it cuts down on credit cards, it cuts down but those are two uh, outside influences that they don't control. Yeah, you know, and they've they've had the benefit obviously of the you know the base effect uh, issue which has helped, you know, drive the disinflation we've been seeing. Um, but some could argue, I guess, that now that the hard part comes in, you know, you, you get away from those the base effect comparisons. And and like you're mentioning, Rob, you know, you have elevated oil prices that, you know, bleed into elevated gas prices. Um, we do have an unemployment rate that's still close to a 50-year low, uh, even though we saw an uptick from uh, to 3.8 and 3.5% recently. But that's still a remarkably low unemployment rate. And uh, and then we also are just armed with the, the understanding that uh, there is typically a pronounced you know lag effect in a, in a tightening cycle on economic activity and and we haven't seen that yet but we're all aware of it and I think everyone's just kind of lying in wait here for it to to kick in and I think that's led to a little bit of the sort of the choppiness we've been seeing in the market of late because it's hard to believe that. Uh, you know, the Fed having raised, you know, its policy rate by, you know, 500 basis points since uh, uh, March of 2022, that you're not going to see some some more, uh, you know, a greater impact from that here. And um, but, you know, I guess you could say to the Fed's credit, it's been able to get that policy rate up. Uh, it's been able to get market rates up to what, you know, many consider to be more normal levels, really, uh, versus what we've experienced in a very abnormal interest rate cycle uh, since the financial crisis. Uh, and that that's not such a bad thing because it provides savers some better alternatives than they've had over the last, you know, 15 years or so. Um, but, you know, the Fed's got a lot on its plate here, and it's, it, it's why I think the, the points you're, you're referencing and why it's kind of hard to figure out, you know, what the Fed may have to do because of these things is why that itself is just going to say it's data dependent uh, and that every meeting is still kind of a live meeting. And that means it could do, you know, either, you know, one of three things. It holds rates steady, it raises rates or it cuts rates. 
But right now, with the uh, core inflation rate still comfortably above that 2% target, I don't think the Fed's going to give any hint that it's ready to cut rates anytime soon. But uh, with these other headwinds that are blowing out there, it's likely to suggest that uh, it's willing to be more patient now and seeing if there's a tr- more of a transmission effect of those prior rate hikes into economic activity. I want to give a little bit of time to you to talk about what else you want to talk about, because I think we've beat up the Fed pretty consistently, especially in the last 18 months, um, as their story has become much more pronounced with the rate increase hikes that we've seen. Um, Anything else that you're working on or looking at as a strategist, as a guy who kind of eyeballs the market on a day by day basis and comes up with stories and insights to, to help investors like me? Well, looking at um, you know what's what is going on in the treasury market here, um, it, it, it's it's it is perplexing, admittedly, uh, in 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 some respects. Where you know you 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 hear uh, strategists such as myself suggest that you're likely to see a more uh, pronounced impact of these rate hikes kicking in on economic activity, but you've had you know long term rates moving up, um, you've had short term rates moving up. Um, it's not really suggestive of a market that I'd say is fearing and you know an imminent slowdown of some proportion here. Um, so we have to kind of take a step back and I think and consider you know what what else might be in play here. And I think it's interesting something I've pointed out actually over a year ago really um, is looking at kind of like the. Um, um, the foreign holders uh, holdings of, of treasury securities. Uh, and I think that once, you know, there was a, a really impactful uh, thing, you know, that kicked in there when we froze Russia's, you know, assets. And I think that put, you know, countries on notice, particularly I'm studying China, really, um, that uh, they could be at risk of, you know, a similar situation, obviously, if they were to move on Taiwan. Uh, or something to that effect, and we've seen China's holdings come down considerably, in, in, you know, in the treasury market. So you, you know, that creates some upward pressure here at a time when the Fed is also, you know, trying to continue with its quantitative tightening uh, policy. And so, uh, is that you might have, you know, other pressures beyond the Fed really that keep, you know, interest rates elevated uh, here, even if, even if, you know, economic activity does slow a bit. Um, so we just keeping a watchful eye on that um, because, um, you know, it can become a, uh, you know, no, another one of those factors there with rates staying higher for longer that just kind of keeps things in a pickle here for for a lot of investors. Now, every good strategist gets asked the question at the end of the year, what do you think next year looks like? Um, should next year, should we start looking at interest rate cuts? Should we start looking at, maybe more of a recessionary type environment, i.e. a slower consumer retail presence? Should we be looking at the optimistic, maybe um, the jobs, the higher wages equal shoppers with more money in their pocket? What do you think the narrative, if you were to guess, and I know this is only a guess and I know I'm putting you on the spot, but um, I'm always looking ahead for the next narrative. Yeah, well, I, I think, uh, you know, consistently with really what we've been talking about during this interview really is, is just this expectation that you will see the, the lag effect kick in, have more of a pronounced impact on the, on the economy as we, you know, move into 2024. So I would expect there to be a, you know, slower growth. Um, and really the key to whether, you know, we see an economy that just 
slows down considerably or, or actually recesses is going to be the condition of the labor market. Um, and so we have to be watchful of what happens there with respect to initial jobless claims and as well as the unemployment rate. Granted, it's a lagging indicator, but you know, watching that unemployment rate because it does have quite an effect on um, consumer sentiment there. Uh, and uh, you know, I would anticipate slower growth in 2024 uh, for the economy. And what it means for the stock market will kind of ultimately be driven by what that translates to in terms of earnings estimates. Um, so, uh, so yeah, a little bit more conservative-minded here as you know, I look ahead right now to 2024. You know, what's kind of interesting is that um, when I speak to strategists and you're the top one of the week, um, and then I hit another one every other week kind of situation, uh, they, they feel a little pressure to be optimistic, and yet they have to remain to their guns. They sometimes have to be a little bit more conservative with their expectations. Any thoughts on being judged or not being the popular dude at the party? <laughs> well, um, you know, I, I think it helps when you just look at things objectively. Um, okay. You know, it's like the, the data is what the data is, you know, and, and I think if you follow the data, um, you know, you make an informed, you know, analysis of, of where you think the market is likely headed. And so, um, you know, it's nothing personal, obviously, from my mm-hmm. end either. It's just reading and interpreting the data and then making those judgment calls as to what it's likely to mean for, for investors. Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com, a reliable source of domestic and international use that you can use. I've been using it for over 20 plus years, starting my day off with his in play and in is ending my week with his big picture they have so many employees who are creating so many cool things um page one is what i start off with but his in play happens 24 hours throughout the day it's kind of pretty cool to watch what's happening on wall street and why find me online at rob black show find them online at briefing.com this interview featured on the rob black show is brought to you by ep wealth learn more at robblack.com i asked patrick o'hare that last question of, do you ever feel pressured to be the good guy at the party? And you kind of snickered in and go, nope. I bring that up because there are some people who are permabulls or perma bears. There's people who want the stock market to go down every day. And they'll talk about gold. Oddly enough, they sell gold as a way to hedge against the stock market's imminent collapse. Typically, gold has a 30% markup and a 30% selling cost. You can't make money owning gold. I've never met one person in my life who said, over my lifetime, I've turned a little mountain of gold into a big mountain of gold. Cost too much to transact. Now, if you want to buy the the stock GLD, you can. But I'd put the historical performance of Warren Buffett up against the historical performance of gold. And Warren Buffett's not doing rocket science. He's buying companies that have a lot of strong cash flow. Whatever the Fed does today, we could probably ignore. It's a weird statement to say, but they will cut rates when they see unemployment creep higher. When they see retail sales dip further when they see the mortgage market continuing to hurt. And for the record, I'm not going to say I feel bad for because that makes it sound political. But the sitting president, whether he be Republican or Democrat, gets blamed for the economy, and in particular housing. 
And I've worked with many producers on the show through the years, and they typically have this profile of men age 22 to 35 who don't own homes. And what they want to do is own a home. It's the second biggest stressor for people um, who are under 35. And it puts a lot of pressure on the Fed to cut interest rates. You recently have heard Donald Trump say, hey, if I uh, get back in charge, I'm going to cut interest rates. Even though he doesn't have the power to do that. But that's a whole different story. Trying to appeal to people who want more affordable mortgages is a campaign strategy. I totally get it. Warren Buffett also said money has no utility to him. He's one of the world's richest men. If you want to give some to me, Warren, I, I could find some utility for it, right? I think we all said it all at the same time. But he says owning more homes or having a boat means has no utility. So the only thing that means to me at this point in time, it's a lovely, lovely thought. Aged 86 and still working hard, Buffett chuckles at the idea of doing things many people his age do. He doesn't want to relax. He doesn't want to play shuffleboard. He doesn't want to enjoy retirement. He still gets a lot of pleasure out of coming into work. Um, I love that man. He said something beautiful in an interview in 2016. My life has been a product of compound interest. Starting early, it's created a better life for him. Reap the benefits of compound interest, especially if it gives you interest on top of interest. So your deposits start piling up. Um, I own shares of Apple and it's, it's nice. I'm not going to doubt the stock has been a blessing in my life as has Microsoft, as has Qualcomm, as has NVIDIA, as has Amazon. Um, yeah, there's periods of underperformance for sure. But the thing that I love most about Apple is it pays a little dividend, just a teeny, teeny, tiny speck of a dividend. Um, but I use that dividend to buy more shares of Apple because I don't need the income. So I've been accumulating wealth. And then that dividend of that little baby kick out of cash that I bought more Apple shares with next year. It pays a dividend actually every four quarters of the year, but you get the idea. And every four quarters, I'm buying a little bit more Apple. And then two years from now, that first dividend is still, it's already kicked out a dividend. Now it's kicking out another dividend and the second dividend is kicking out its first dividend. The first dividend you just got like, that's what compound interest does. It's a beautiful, wonderful thing. And Einstein did not talk about compound interest. It was not considered a marvel of the world. That is a myth. Um, but it could be Einsteinian because he was popular to the masses. He was Elvis before there was an Elvis. He was a scientist that people would ask everyday concepts to. Walter Isaacson recently wrote an article, uh, not an article, a book on Elon Musk. I did not enjoy it. I think it just, uh, I think it was a, a kiss butt book. Um, it excuses a lot of bad behavior and it, a lot of the bad behavior might be made up. Oh, I got beat up in school. And yet none of his schoolmates have ever talked about it or been interviewed um, by the author of the book. But Isaacson wrote on a couple other historian, historical figures, uh, one of them Einstein and 
that was a great autobiography or not autobiography, but biography. Um, Einstein, one of my favorites, you know, we're ta all talking about influencers. I don't know. Do should I feel bad that my influences are Clive Barker, Stephen King, Ern, Albert Einstein, um, and my kids influence Jim Rome and my kid influencers are Mr. Beast. <laughs> I like Mr. Beast actually. Um, he's one of the social media influencers. It's just wildly successful. And he gives away a lot of money and he's got a hundred and he's got like over 200 million subscribers now. Like that's just crazy nuts. Um, and one of the things that he does is he comes out with products that he uses like uh, cookies and the cookies have like no gluten or they have no sugar. There's, there's some sort of marketing trick on them. And my kids are like, Oh, can we get those? Can we get those? I'm like, sure. I get it. Um, but he gives a lot of money to charity and charitable issues. So I guess the, we all are going to have our own influencers, right? And our parents are always going to hate them. So, uh, Einstein's probably one that no one can really get hate behind. Anyhow, and anyway, it's Fed Day, so tomorrow's going to be a new day on the markets. Um, let's reconvene then and get our thoughts together on the rest of the year. Okay. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show, the Fed decision coming in just a couple hours. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 